Good morning. It's, it's good to see you all. Acts chapter 2 and verse 40 says to be saved from this perverse generation. We live today in a very perverse generation, don't we? This, this world calls what is good evil and what is evil good. If you, if you read the news or, or social media, you know that how perverse this country has become and it seems to get worse and worse every day. But if you read the Bible, you also know that although God is patient and long-suffering, He's not going to put up with the perversity of this world forever. And we read about in the New Testament how He's going to destroy this world someday. And not only in the New Testament, the Old Testament is full of stories and mighty things that God has done over history to show us this, hoping that we will take these things to heart and, and, to, and, to, and to learn and, and to get out, to be saved from this perverse generation. And that's what God wants us to do. One of those stories is in the book of Joshua. And if you have your Bible, you might turn to the book of Joshua. We're going to read some out of there, and it's toward the beginning of the Bible. And it's where Israel, after wandering in the wilderness for all those years, finally enters the promised land. Joshua chapter 1 begins with God talking to Joshua. And he says, Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now I want you to take my people, the children of Israel, and lead them across the Jordan into the land that I am giving my people Israel. And he tells them, but I want you to remember all the things that I commanded in the law of Moses. And he says in verse 9, Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God wanted His people to know that He was with them. Wherever they went, He was there. And they wanted them to be courageous and strong because of this. And not to be afraid. So, in chapter 2, Joshua sends two men into Canaan to, to spy out the land, to look it over, and a report back. And they come to the city of Jericho. And Jericho was this mighty fortified city. It was probably unlike they'd ever seen before. It was huge. And... The men who he sent lodged in the house of a woman named Rahab, and she was a harlot. And they were staying there, and the king of Jericho heard they were coming. And God had done many wondrous works before, and he was afraid of them. And so he heard that they had sent spies into his town, so he sent guards looking for these spies. 
And the guards found out they were staying in Rahab's house. So the guards went to her house and they said, we heard that, that you are keeping these men from Israel. And he said, oh, she said, I didn't know they were from Israel. She had hid these men upon her roof under some sacks. And she said, I didn't know they were from Israel. I, they actually left just before this evening. I saw them leave. And if you, if you go out the gate there, you, you'd probably catch them if you hurry. And so the guards went out of the city and they went down the road looking for these men. Rahab went up to her roof and she, she found them under the, under the sacks and she said, she told them what had happened and she said, now if I have been so kind to you, please, I know, I know that you're, the Lord your God is God, God of heaven and earth, I know that. And I know that he is going to give you this land. Please, take me with you. Please save me when you come. Save me and my family. And the men said, if you'll gather your family all into your house, and if you will tie a scarlet cord on your window, you'll be saved. And she said she would. And so she took a rope and she let the men down her window. And she took, because her house was on the, the, the side. And she told them about this mountain that they could go to away from where the men were, where they'd be safe until it passed over and they stopped looking. So the men come back home to the camp. And they report all these things to Joshua. Now, early the next morning, Joshua gathers the people. And they finally are ready to cross into the promised land. And they put the Ark of the Covenant. The priests were the only ones that could touch the Ark of the Covenant. And they the priests and the Levites get, picked up the Ark of the Covenant and they, it went ahead of Israel as they went to enter the land. And they came upon the river Jordan. And Jordan was about 600 feet deep. And they had women and children and animals and carts and stuff. But as soon as the priests that were carrying the Ark, their feet touched the water. The Bible says the water stopped upstream and piled up into a head. And the water just stopped and it became dry land. And so the people of Israel were able to cross the Jordan on dry land. And the priest carrying the ark stopped in the middle of the river as all of Israel passed by on the other side. Now, in Joshua chapter 4, we read about the memorial stones. As they were crossing the river, God told Joshua, I want you to select one man from each of the twelve tribes of Israel and have them pick up a stone 
and take it out of the river and put it in your camp where you're lodging at night. And I want you to pile these stones up in a pile. And you keep them there with you where you sleep every night from now on forever. And I want you to keep them there. And when your children ask you, what are these pile of stones here in the middle of town? I want you to tell them how the Lord delivered you from and into the promised land. How he stopped the river of Jordan so you could cross over on dry land. You know, God, I want you to think about these stones for a minute. You know, God didn't, God didn't get them to read. It, this wasn't for his benefit that he had these stones piled up. You know, God wanted them to remember who helped them. To remember that he was with them. Remember what he said at the beginning in Joshua 1 and 9. How he said, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He wanted them to remember that. And know that he was with them. And these stones would remind them that he was there. He was helping them. You know, we face some pretty big challenges today, spiritually, in this world. And Jesus told us, when we come together, to do this in remembrance of me, he said. Maybe these are like our memorial stones, you know? Jesus, our rock of salvation. And we come together every Sunday and we remember him. We do this to remember. Because we remember. Because we know that he is with us. He's always with us. And he's the one that's saving us. Wherever we go. We need to remember this. That God is taking care of us. Just like he took care of them. Well, after they brought the stones out and all the people crossed over Jordan, as soon as the last priest carrying the ark's feet left the, the bed of the river, the water started again. It came crashing down and flowed like before. Now, there were a lot of people in Canaan that made their living off the river Jordan. There was a lot of people living along the River Jordan. It was long. And they saw this. There was a lot of people that saw this happen. And all of a sudden, this river that they had made their livelihoods from was dried up. It just instantly stopped. And they investigated. And they looked and they saw that it stopped right where these people of Israel were crossing. They knew. The God of Israel was powerful. And it was bringing them in. He was, he was doing this mighty work so all would see and know. There would be no doubt. He was God. And they saw this and they became afraid, the Bible says. And they, 
they said that Jericho, Jericho put out a, a decree that everyone was to come into the city. And they brought everybody in town and they, they wouldn't let anybody leave. They fortified the, 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 the town, the walls, as they knew they were coming. And Joshua, as, as, as Joshua approached, sorry about that. The Bible says, as Joshua approached this great city, these, these walls of Jericho, he said he saw this man with a sword in his hand. And it was drawn. And it says, as he looked, he said to the man, Are you for us or for you are you for our adversaries? And the man said, No. He said, I am the captain of the Lord's army. And I have come. Every step of the way, God was assuring them. I am with you. I'm going to help you. Be of good courage and don't be afraid. All along the way. You know, that city of Jericho was massive. And it was fortified. And there is no possible way the children of Israel, with their minuscule weapons could take this city. But God could. God could take it. There is something written in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is our enemy. Our enemy is huge. And it is fortified. It is massive and it is strong. Brethren, there is no possible way we can defeat this enemy. But God can. God can. We have to follow his plan, just like Israel. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 2. It says, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Its king and the mighty man of valor. You shall march around the city, all ye men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This shall you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets... And it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet that all the people shall shout with a great shout then the wall of the city 
will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, every man straight before him. So Joshua rose up early the next morning and the priests took the Ark of the Covenant. And seven priests went ahead with seven trumpets. And it says the armed men of war went ahead of the Ark of the Covenant and the priests. And the rear guard went behind. And they marched around the city blowing the trumpets one time. And the next day they did the same thing. Marched around the city one time. And the whole time they remained silent and didn't say a word. And on the seventh day, it says they marched around the city seven times, just like the Lord instructed. And then finally, the priest blew the trumpet loud one last time. And when he heard that, Joshua told all the people to shout. Shout as loud as you can because the Lord is giving you this city. And they all shouted. And when they did, the walls of that city fell down flat. And they went in and destroyed every, every living thing in that city. Except for one family. This one family that had a house along the wall with a red cord hanging out the window. They're the only ones that made it out alive. So, why did God save Rahab? Did God save Rahab because she was the most righteous, the most good person living in Jericho? She was just so good. He had to save her. No, we know that wasn't why. She was a lying harlot. The uh, Canaanites were some of the most wicked people on earth, and even they would look down on her. She wasn't saved because of her goodness. But Rahab believed in God. They believed, she believed he was who he said he was. The God of heaven and earth. And she said so with her lips, and she was willing to leave everything she had and be with the people, his people. And she was also willing to do what he said. To actually accept the terms of his salvation. And she did. Rab and her family were saved by their faith in God, by doing what he said. And by that red cord hanging out her window. I've wondered why God had them march around the city six times. Maybe, maybe he was thinking maybe giving them a chance to surrender. You know, they could have surrendered. Six days they had to surrender to God. Rahab did. Maybe he was giving them a chance. 
They knew it was coming. They saw the power of God. Why didn't they surrender? Why didn't they give up? Surrender their lives to God. Why doesn't the world today surrender to God? Foolish pride, maybe. The Bible says that the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And when that last trumpet sounds, these walls are coming down. And this earth is going to be destroyed and everything in it. And he wants us to know that. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says, Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and I, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You know, on that seventh day, just before the walls fell, Jericho taught, Joshua told the people that God wanted them to have everything in the city that was all theirs. He said, but don't pick up the accursed things. The gold and the silver. Leave it there. Leave it. And it was, this gold and silver was to be taken, taken up for the, the community, the, the, the general fund, the general treasury. The people weren't to take these things. Well, as they were picking up the spoils of war, there was a man named Achan from the tribe of Judah who picked up some things. He picked up some gold and silver and this this coat, some garments and stuff. And he hid them. He knew it was wrong. He hid them with his things. And he brought them out of, out of town and he hid them in his tent. And he took them with him when they left. Now, the city next to Jericho was called A. And Joshua sent two spies just like before to go and look at A and see what it was like and report back. They did. They came back and said, this is a tiny town. This place is small. So we could take this place with two or 3,000 men easy. And so Joshua sent 3,000 men to take A. And the men of A came out and beat them down, took, bruised them, wiped them out. And they came limping back to camp. And it says, the Bible says, when Israel heard this, their hearts melted like water. And Joshua fell down to the ground on his face. He tore his clothes. And he said to God, Why? Why, God? Why have you brought us out here to Canaan and left us to die? He says, Everyone's going to hear about this. All the cities of Canaan are going to hear what happened today. They're going to come and they're going to destroy us. 
Why, God? God told Joshua to stand up. He said, Israel has sinned, and this is why. He says, there's an accursed thing in your camp that has been hidden, that was taken. He says, I'm not going to be with you. I'm not going to fight for you until you get rid of this. Get rid of this thing from among you. So he told the children of Israel to sanctify themselves. They always sanctified themselves before they came, before they came before God. He says, I will judge you. And they came and they, they would cast lots is how they would do it to see what the will of God was. And so he told them to bring out each of the families from the tribes of Israel. Each of the tribes of Israel would send a representative and they counted, cast lots. And the lot fell on the tribe of Judah. And so they brought each of the families of Judah out. And the lot fell on Achan's family. And so they brought each of the men in Achan's family out and the lot fell on Achan. And Joshua said, Achan, why have you done this? What have you done? And Achan knew he couldn't hide it anymore. And he said, I saw the things. And I lusted after them. And I coveted them. And I took them. He said, they're buried in the ground in my tent. And they went and they found them in his tent in the ground. And they took everything Achan had, his whole family, his possessions, his tent. They took everything and they burned it all to the ground. And then they took stones and they piled stones high above this ashes. And God returned to Israel and he fought for them. And he continued to fight for Israel. And they took city after city. And he ended up taking most of Canaan, not all of it. Was this harsh? It was harsh. But you know, they were entering a land full of idols. And they needed to know what would happen if they forsook God and turned to these things. God was always teaching them, trying to help them know so they wouldn't make mistakes. You know, there are things in this world God has told us to leave alone. And we need to leave them alone. Lord sees everything we do. We can't hide anything from God. We know how this story ends for Israel, don't we? If you've read the Bible through, you know it doesn't turn out good for Israel in the end. See, Israel Israel decided that for them, what God was giving them wasn't enough. They wanted the things that other people had, the, the idols. I want you to 
ask yourself, is what God has given you, is that enough for you today? Is it enough? He's given us a kingdom that will never be destroyed. God has given us an eternal home forever with him in paradise where we'll never die. God has given us his only son as a sacrifice for all our sins. Is that enough? Is that enough for you today? Or are the things that the world offers, the moment of pleasure the world is offering, is that worth more? Is that worth more? You know, when I look back at my life, I've made a lot of bad choices. Way too often I've chosen the shiny thing that the world offers. And that thing has taken me away from God. As you go through this week, I want to encourage you to make good choices. Choose good things. Don't pick up the filth of this world. And finally, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Remember that. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If you still haven't surrendered your life to God, if you're still fighting Him, what are you waiting for? Surrender today. You can't win that battle. Give your life to God. Recommit your life to God. Say, I'm going to serve you today and tomorrow and this week and forever. And accept the gifts that He's given you. He has given us so much. Choose these things instead of what the world offers. If you'd like the prayers of the church to help you in any of these things or any other spiritual matter, please come forward now. Sit on the front pew as we stand and sing.